This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. Do you like sports? Cause we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Shack. Sports Shack. It's Sports Shack. Welcome to episode 340 of the Sports Yak Podcast. You mean the C.M. Newton episode. Tell me more about C.M. C.M. Newton was a terrific basketball and baseball player at the University of Kentucky. Went on to become a college basketball coach at both Alabama and then at Vanderbilt. Came back to Kentucky as the athletic director. He was the guy responsible for hiring Rick Pitino and resurrecting the Kentucky basketball program. He's in the College Basketball and the Basketball Hall of Fame, regarded as one of the good guys of college athletics. And he won 340 games in his Division I coaching career. So, C.M. Newton, our hat is off to you. Before we really jump into this, we should probably address our one-hit wonder championship Come on, Eileen, Dexy's Midnight Runners. I would agree with that as the ultimate one-hit wonder. It really is. And you never, ever heard from that band ever again. No. I mean, I've never even heard the album that that song was off of. I've only heard that song. Yeah. And it's one of those ones, when it comes on, I'm not reaching for the dial to get rid of it. No. I'm like, I'm okay listening to this. And, Great song, but that's know. all they had. A couple of things I can't understand that they're singing. They're some... That's the case in a lot of songs. That's where you're right. You're right on that. <laughs> Family Broadcasting Corporation. Well, the crowd's going wild. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. It's on the way! It is! Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever! Chuck, why don't you get us up to speed on an Olympic update? Well, upset in Tokyo this morning, the U.S. women's national soccer team loses to Canada 1-0. This team did not look the same as the team that won in 2016 
or the team that won the World Cup a couple of years ago, quite frankly. Aging takes its toll, and some of those players looked a little bit older as they went out there and played. Now, it didn't help that Alyssa Nahur, the goalkeeper, got injured in the first half. They had to go with the backup goalkeeper. But you're not going to win any games when you don't score. And the offense for this team never really looked like it was in sync during the whole tournament. Hmm. They survived in the quarterfinals against the Netherlands on penalty kicks. They could not beat Canada today, so they lose one nothing. And so the U.S., the best the U.S. can hope for in these Olympic Games is a bronze medal. And that match, I believe, will be in a couple of days. Was that the same lineup as those previous games you were talking about? Yeah, a lot of them. Really? Yeah. So, but you, you saw that team get older, just maybe lose that edge a little bit. And so, and they will try for a bronze medal. Now, there was gold for the U.S. today. And it came in the floor exercise, and it came from Jade Carey. Jade Carey was a little bit of a controversial figure on this U.S. gymnastics team in that she qualified for the Olympics by going through World Cup competitions in 2019 and 2020. She did not get selected to the prime four that comprised the U.S. team. And there was some talk of, well, is that the right way to go about it? Did she exploit the rules? Whatever. But she saw a way of making the team without having to go through the political process. She went through that process to make the team. She qualified for the Olympics, and she showed she belonged today by winning the gold medal in floor exercise. Now, a lot of people will say, well, it's a tarnished gold medal because Simone Biles didn't compete. There's no such thing as a tarnished gold medal. You're recognized as an Olympic gold medalist. Nobody is going to sit there and say in 20 years, well, yeah, you won an Olympic gold, but... And the fact of the matter is Simone Biles was the one who took herself out of the competition. Now, she will be back for the balance beam competition tomorrow. That is the one event where there aren't twists involved. Biles last week pulled herself out of the all-around competition because of something gymnasts call the twisties. She got in midair on her vault, couldn't count how many twists there were, got disoriented, and she, quite frankly, was lucky to land it and not hurt herself. Hmm. And even in... I saw some video today that she had posted on her Instagram account, I believe, of her working on the uneven bars. And she was running into the same problem. I, I've heard this compared to the yips for a baseball player or a golfer. You know, there have been baseball players that all of a sudden, pitchers who can't throw strikes, even though they've been able to do that all their life. Uh, Steve Sachs was a second baseman. All of a sudden, he couldn't make the throw to first base. The ball was going all over the place. You see golfers who have been great putters all their life, and all of a sudden, the ball's going all over the place. The difference for a baseball player or a golfer is they're not going to seriously injure themselves because of their yip. You get in midair on one of these vaults or routines, and you don't know where you are, 
you're going to hurt yourself. So I can't even imagine that. Oh, wow. Hey, speaking of old, uh, you were talking about the soccer team. I saw one of the guys over the weekend, the men's volleyball team for USA, that real tall, shiny... Uh, well, real tall head. describes all the volleyball. Well, players. one guy's super tall, and the other guy is a little. He's got the goatee. I feel like I've watched him play for years, but I can't think of his name. Uh, kind of got a last name that's pretty long, but just, just kind of cool seeing him still competing. Well, there was a gymnast from one of the foreign countries, maybe Ukraine, who was participating in I think her seventh Olympics. She was in her forties, and. Obviously, she was not a medal contender, but she got a standing ovation last week when she participated in the Olympics because everybody recognized this is her last Olympics. But the fact that she was still able to compete and and do the things that gymnasts do at the age of in her 40s was absolutely incredible. So what is the math on seven Olympics? How many years was that? Well, that's... At, let's see. So let's say uh, 2021, then there was 2016, 2012, 2008, uh, 2004, 2000. Maybe it was her sixth Olympics because I think she started in 2000, but that's 21 years. I was thinking of, oh, where does his name go? Philip Dahlhauser? Does that ring Yeah, Dahlhauser. He's been playing forever. Forever? Yeah. Wow. All right, well. I knew we were going to start with something. I wanted to go Olympics because I wanted to get you warmed up for where we're about to go. Let me just finish out <laughs> on the Olympics. Uh, congratulations to Buchanan, Michigan's oh, yeah. Hannah yeah. Roberts. She gets a silver medal in the BMX. It took a brilliant performance by Charlotte Worthington of Great Britain to beat her, and that's what Worthington turned in on her final run on Saturday night. Hannah was battling a heel injury. Uh, so she wasn't 100% going in. You wouldn't have known it on the first run. Man, she turned in some great tricks on that. Uh, but she can be very proud of herself bringing a silver medal back to the area. Skylar Diggins-Smith still trying to bring gold back to South Bend. She had three points last night as the U.S. women's basketball team beat France 93-82. Sarah Hildebrandt from Penn High School will be on the wrestling mat this week trying to win Olympic gold as well. And unfortunately, Annie Drews and the U.S. volleyball team uh, struggled somewhat down the stretch there in Tokyo. But uh, great performance by Annie in one of the wins as she came off the bench for five big kills in the fifth set uh, in their win over Turkey. Thursday afternoon, I think it was. Thursday or Friday. Yeah, Thursday it was. I started replaying old sports yaks in my head of you talking about what might happen on Friday. Mm -hmm. You know, who stays, who goes. I was genuinely surprised at how many went. Oh, and and we're talking about the Cubs here, folks. And they got they traded all of them. I mean, Jed Hoyer in a 24-hour span sent away the following players. Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez, Chris Bryant, Craig Kimbrell, Ryan Tapera, Trevor Williams, Jake Marisnik. How about that? I mean, just a complete and utter fish gutting of the Chicago Cubs. David Haw, the talented uh, 
writer and broadcaster up in Chicago who used to work here in South Bend said the Cubs missed out on a great marketing opportunity. Instead of everybody in, they could have called it everybody out because that's what the Cubs did. And in return, they have received, I believe it's a total of 11 players, most of them minor league prospects. Uh, Cody Hoyer, who they got from the White Sox in the Kimbrel deal, did pitch over the weekend against Washington. They also received from the White Sox Nick Madrigal, the second baseman, but he's out for the year with an injury. The minor leaguers that they got are top prospects. In fact, three of them are already listed among the top 10 prospects in the Cubs organization. And I know this is the cause of a great deal of bitterness and sadness for Cub fans. They hate seeing their favorites go. Let's be realistic from a business perspective here. I'm going to say some things that are probably going to tick off some people today. And that's okay. They'll tick off people in my own household. (laughs) Probably the woman that I'm married to will be ticked off at me for saying some of the things I'm going to say. 2016, this core group, Baez, Rizzo, Bryant, and let's face it, that's where most of the focus of this is going to go. They win the World Series. 2017 to 2020, the Cubs had the fourth highest payroll in Major League Baseball during that time. It is not as though the ownership did not spend money on the ball club. They also made huge improvements at Wrigley Field. At no time in 2017 through 2020 did the Cubs make the World Series. They won divisions, they had good teams. They didn't have championship teams. As 2021 got underway, Cubs got off to a good start. And then they had that 11-game losing streak. And that 11-game losing streak defined for Jed Hoyer what was going to have to happen with this team. Because it became clear that this was a franchise in decline. So then you look at your core group. Rizzo. Bryant Baez. And as we've talked about on the Yak, all of them are going to be free agents at the end of the year. What were your chances of re-signing them? Your chances of re-signing Chris Bryant were almost zero. His agent is Scott Boris. Scott Boris is known for driving for big money deals for his client. The Cubs had offered Bryant a good contract extension and he didn't want to take it. So you weren't getting Chris Bryant back here. Javier Baez, maybe you could have gotten him, but let's look at Javier Baez. Yes, he hits home runs, and he's an electric player. He also strikes out a maddening amount of times. He can make the electric play, but he sometimes botches the routine play. And so if you look at Javier Baez by himself, you say, well, is he going to improve? Are his numbers going to get better as he goes along? It did not appear that way. Or have we already seen the best of him? Right. Then there's Anthony Rizzo. Now, Rizzo's was the one that pained me the most because, to me, he's the heart and soul of that team. Mm Mm-hmm. The Cubs didn't have a captain, but if they had a captain, it would have been Rizzo. 
And he did so much for that community on and off the field. But Anthony Rizzo is 32 years old, and he does have lower back problems. And you wonder, okay, how much could you resign him for? Or how much would he be asking for to resign? I think if there's one player that got traded away that could come back to the Cubs and be resigned in the offseason, it's Anthony Rizzo. However, for the time being, why wouldn't you try to capitalize on those greatest assets that you have and rebuild the franchise? Because you're not winning with them right now. You're not winning with those guys. And you've got to try to rebuild the system. The problem is, as you look at the Cubs and the minor league system, they haven't developed players. There's not a lot of guys coming up through the system who you look at as stars. The guys that were stars that came through the system came through four or five years ago. There's nothing down there now to build upon. So you've got to rebuild your minor league system. What is the quickest way of doing that? The quickest way of doing that is taking these assets that you have that aren't winning now, sending them out, and trying to bring prospects in. The Cubs brought in at least two or three first-round draft, former first-round draft picks with what they got in these deals. I'm not saying that they're going to be an instant contender. They're not. They're going to have to do a lot of free agent signings and trades in the offseason to try to build the team back up. Hoyer's got to think like a, a futurist. Right. He's got to work on the next thing. But, I mean, if look, I don't know how many of our listeners – are out there and in the stock market. Mm-hmm. But if you have a stock that was valued at $50 and it has steadily declined to about 30, do you do you take the chance that it might suddenly bounce back up or do you say this trend shows me maybe it's time to cut my losses, get rid of this and invest my money somewhere else? Now, I know people are upset at the Ricketts family. They say, you're not paying people. You're more worried about profits than you are the ball club, etc. Folks, they had the fourth largest payroll in Major League Baseball over the last four years. At some point, you have to look at this from a baseball perspective. And, And the players that the Cubs got rid of, as much as over the years we've all enjoyed if you're a Cubs fan you've enjoyed watching Rizzo you've enjoyed watching Javi you've enjoyed watching KB and clearly they still have something in the tank because they all hit home runs in their first games with their new ball clubs so it's not as though they're awful but you've got to trade something of value to get something of value back Mm -hmm. you know I hear people well why didn't they trade Ian Happ who wants Ian Happ right now Cub fans don't want Ian Happ right now. So what makes you think some other team wants him? You're going to have to suck it up and realize this is a lost year this year. Maybe you can get one of them back in free agency. And you've got to build for the future. 2016 is in the rearview mirror. The 2016 Cubs will go down with the 1985 Bears as teams that won a championship brought 
incredible joy to the town for that period of time, were expected to do more and didn't. <laughs> well said. I used to have a uh, cassette carrier, and I had my favorite cassettes lined up. And at one point, you got to get rid of your favorite cassettes because of the wear and tear and the new technology that's coming down the pipe called the CD. Yeah. And then you got to get rid of the CD because of the new technology coming down called streaming. I get this. It's painful. It is painful. It's a bummer. I, I, I will say, I've never seen a team gutted in a 24-hour period. Like that? The way Hoyer did it. But the, he took advantage of the opportunity that he had. Yeah. And what what is the return? You know, people are expecting major leaguers to walk in the door. That's not what Jed Hoyer's job is right now. Jed Hoyer understands that 2021 is impossible for the Cubs to win right now. So why worry about that? It honestly, it doesn't matter. They're not going to compete for the wild card. So it doesn't matter if they finish third or fourth in the division. That You don't get any extra money for that. So let's just forget about 2021. Rossi, do the best you can with this AAA team that we're putting out on the field for you. We understand that we've left you with no players. Do what you can and let us build for the future for 2022 and beyond. And yes, it's painful for everybody involved. Now, Let's go to the other side of town, the White Sox. Man, did they bolster their bullpen, picking up the two best parts of the Cubs' bullpen in Kimbrell and Tapera, who have terrific whips this year, walks plus hits per innings pitched. They will really help that bullpen, which has been the weakest part of Tony LaRusso's team this year. And I think they'll be a terrific asset for this team, not only in the regular season, but going forth in the playoffs. And the White Sox seem to be finding new heroes every day. Yesterday, it was Brian Goodwin. Walk-off homer. They beat Cleveland by a count of 2-1 to one after losing a game they probably should have won on Saturday night when they lost 14-12 to the Indians. And so the White Sox look in really good shape as you go into the postseason, not only from the standpoint they're getting healthier, Eloy Jimenez is back with the team now, Luis Robert is expected to be back before the end of the year, but the other part of that is you take the White Sox starting pitching and the depth of their bullpen right now, and that's a formidable team going into the postseason, which is what Rick Hahn has to worry about right now. The White Sox are worried about today. The Cubs are worried about the future. 2016, the Cubs were worried about today. They went out, got Araldis Chapman before the end of the year. The White Sox were worried about the future. That's why they traded Jose Quintana for Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease. If we ever get access to one of these players, I have to ask, this is bucket list for me, timeline of events. Like, where do you live? Do you have a gym bag? Do you get in a hotel? Do they put you in a furbished apartment? I know you probably got a house somewhere else, but just that whole, like, Kimbrough will stay in town. Yeah. That's and, easy. And and here's something that I read over the weekend. Jed Hoyer tried to do right by these players. Craig Kimbrell's got a son who has a heart condition. So he, he wanted to trade Craig Kimbrell, but he didn't want Craig Kimbrell to move. So the only place he was going to trade Craig Kimbrell was to the White Sox. That makes complete sense. 
And having access to medical stuff in Chicago. Right. Not having to move his family, etc. Just It's just mind-blowing. You're in a Cubs outfit on a Thursday, and you're in Yankee stripes on a Saturday. And Well, Anthony wow. Rizzo and Chris Bryant, for their first home runs, were both wearing Cubs batting gloves. Oh. Because... They didn't get to say goodbye probably the way they wanted they to, had. right? Bryant, there's a viral video of him. He's in the dugout in yes. Washington on Friday, and he gets the call, and he kind of breaks down in tears. But he goes to San Francisco. It's not far from his hometown of Las Vegas. It's easier for his dad and his family to go see him play out there. Yeah. And gets a home run in his first game with the Giants. That And that's... The heartbreaking thing for Cubs fans, too. Rizzo had homers his first two games as a Yankee. Baez had a big homer for the Mets in his first game. Bryant has a home run, and it's just like, these guys still have, yeah, they still have something left, but were you going to win? And by winning, I mean a World Series, because now that's the standard that the Cubs are operating under. Were you going to win? with those guys still on the team. Where'd Javi go again? New York. New the York. Mets. So he's with his buddy Francisco Lindor out there, and we'll, we'll see if it makes a difference in how Javi plays. Now, the same game that Javi had a home run in, he comes up in the ninth with a runner on second, and the Mets down by one, and somebody throws him a slider that's a foot outside, and Javi swings and misses, and folks, you got to remember that's part of Javi Baez too. Okay, I'm not ripping him; he's an electric player, but he doesn't come without faults. Where do you want to go from here? Well, let's talk a little bit about high school sports because practices start today for all the fall sports except girls golf. They had their first practice Friday. They're out there on the links even as we speak right now play of course the thing that we focus on a lot around here is high school football and so practices beginning today the season begins august 20th and all kinds of people saying okay well who's going to be good and who isn't and you know these are the questions that we hope to unravel here in the preseason as we go and talk to teams and then as we see teams play i think I'm going to stand by the fact that I think that Marion might make the deepest tournament run in the season because they're in Class 3A. They play such a challenging schedule in the NIC that gets them ready for that. And they have a lot of depth as they go forth in Class 3A. They have holes they have to fill. The most glaring is a quarterback where Maddox Begonia Bright has graduated and now does Bryce Lesane take that job? There's also been a transfer that came in. We'll see what that competition is like for Michael Davidson's team. And we'll see Marion right off the bat on August 20th when they play Mishawaka. Mishawaka has what I believe is the best quarterback in the area in Justin Fisher. Electric with the football in his hands. Uh, can throw it well enough to make things work for Keith Kinder's team. The question for Keith Kinder's squad, can they rebuild the offensive line well enough to protect Fisher and make that option attack go. 
Japan is a magical mystery tour. You know, they they only went 500 last year. They graduated a quarterback who's now at the University of Notre Dame. Uh, what will Corey Yeoman's team look like this year? Elkhart graduated, I think, 19 out of 22 starters. They've got an electric receiver in Donovan Johnson, but they got to find somebody to get him the ball, and they've got to rebuild their offensive line. So all kinds of questions around the area, but that's that's part of what makes it exciting this time of year. Today, I think for a high school football coach, is a little bit like Christmas Day in that you sit there and you unwrap the package and you see a little bit of what you got. Now, most of these teams have actually been doing workouts and things like that all summer long, so coaches probably have a little bit better idea these days what they have than they used to maybe 10, 20 years ago. But that doesn't mean that you still can't have a surprise now and then. Yeah, shout out to the underdogs who go to their first practice ever today. I know a young man who's a junior at Penn High School. He's going to his first practice today. He wanted to try something different. And a couple of his buddies are already on the team. So he's like, all right, let's go try this thing. My son, I told you this on the air this morning, he's trying football for the very first time and walking around the house in his new pants last night. And I told him in a moment of uh, transparency, I said, hey, one of life's biggest regrets is I didn't go out for the football team. I went into the locker room. Everybody seemed to know what they were doing and they were out the door. And I, I didn't understand it, and it freaked me out, and I, I backed out. So I'm glad he's showing up today as we record this, hour and a half into practice. There, there will be somebody there, and he'll, you know, Caleb will obviously tell people, I've, I haven't played football before. I don't know what position you want me at. Yeah. But in some ways, it'll be good because he doesn't have any bad habits for the coaches to break. Oh, yeah. So... You know, I'm going to pass that along if, to him. That's if, great. If he can, if he can listen and absorb, uh, I think he'll get good coaching, and we'll see what happens. You know, you're getting older when the coach of the freshman team is a kid you saw grow up right across the street from you. Sure, <laughs> who's now a history teacher? Yeah. Oh, getting old, Chuck Freebie. Getting old. Did you bring anything to the table today for overrated, underrated? A Twitter follower did. Okay. Uh, in light of their base player passing away over the weekend, ZZ Top, underrated Ooh. or overrated? Last show was at the Elkhart County 4-H Fair. Yeah, now Dusty was not part of that last show, I don't believe. I think he was already oh, really? uh, ill and, and didn't make it. I okay. think they performed without him. Oh, okay. Um I would say ZZ Top might be a little bit underrated. They were part of that great MTV surge of the 1980s that really helped grow them, and they and vice versa. They helped grow MTV. But I think they were one of these groups that understood what a visual performance needed to be like. Mm-hmm. And they still bring that to the table from what i understand from those who went to the fair i've seen them a couple times in the 90s and so this was post mtv those massive videos but there's a great documentary and i think it's on netflix or amazon of their their career and i didn't know how far back they went like late 60s 
And um, I mean, people will people will argue on a guitar player list. Billy Gibbons needs to be up there pretty high. Uh, but I mean, if you're building a classic rock station today, you're going to put probably seven of their songs yeah. in that rotation. Some classic, you know, uh, shovel in the ground songs. Uh, I'm going to go slightly underrated as well. I love any three piece band that makes that kind of noise. Sure. I love the Rush, the ZZ Top, the, uh, the Police. When it's just three guys, oh man, magic. So, Magic Chuck Freebie. So we're going underrated on ZZ Top. Let me go back to the 80s again for another one. Because 40 years ago today, he had the number one song in America. It was Jesse's Girl. <laughs> and I'm going with Mr. Rick Springfield. So yesterday, right before bedtime for Corey, I found the first two hours of the MTV broadcast from 1981, August the 1st. Starting with Video Killed the Radio Star. Yeah, in HD, somebody had, uh, oh, had nice. digitized it. Because I always wanted to know what were the big, what were the first five? I think that's a great trivia question. Sure. The first five. Rick Springfield had himself a delightful little career, not only because of the soap opera, General's Hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's a movie thrown in there called Hard to Hold, but that, that 80s span... There's some great pop songs. I'd say down the middle. I don't say underrated. I don't think we need to go back in the catalog and go, look at what he did. I think he was just a down the middle type of dude. He's not underrated. Uh, Maybe I'm swayed a little bit because I think he goes out and performs still. Still. And people still seem to enjoy what he does. I think he just does a show down in Noblesville or Indianapolis and well attended. People seem to like what they saw. Understanding, you know, you're not going to get new stuff. You're, you're going to hear... Who wants to hear that, You're though, going you know? to hear the catalog. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'll agree with you. I, I would say down the middle. I would say, I mean, you hear the name and it still brings forth an image, mm-hmm. and and he's done his best to kind of continue that image, but he seems like he hosts a, a show on Sirius XM, and he seems like a fairly down to earth kind of guy too, which I appreciate about him. Rick Springfield, fun fact: you can put him in the top five on the planet Star Wars toys collectors. Really, he was well, at a no time you number like two, number two, but he's. He's got quite the like. I've seen a documentary on him, and uh, the collection's pretty nerdy, in a great way. Well, speaking of nerdy in Star Wars, <laughs> do you <laughs> wish, do you wish to share anything from your vacation with the kids? The best ride I've ever been on was the Harry Potter ride on Islands of Adventure. It's one of the best rides of all time. Until I went on Smuggler's Run, when you get to fly the Millennium Falcon. I now think that's the greatest ride of all time. I didn't get to go on Rise of the Resistance. We couldn't get on it. It's uh, it's quite a cat and mouse game to get in the virtual queue on your app and blah 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 blah. But it was a it was a blast, and we needed this family needed that vacation. So it was uh, day at the park, day by the pool, day at the park, day by the pool. We were home on Saturday by eight twenty three a.m. 
Yeah, I saw a picture of you at uh, Howard Park <laughs> eating there at the public house at lunchtime. I thought, what happened? By the way, great tip on that place. We did a we did an app lunch. We did the uh, tots, the shrimp, mm-hmm. and the that's all wings. you need. That's all you need. And I'm telling you, what uh, is it? Best week ever? It, I, it supposedly okay <laughs> in South Bend. In South Bend. So yeah, uh, Smuggler's Run at Hollywood Studios at Disney is a blast. That whole Star Wars area is a blast. Super nerdy, but well, that's what you get when you sit next to me at a podcast. And don't close your eyes when you're gunnering. When you're gunnering, do not close your eyes when you're gunnering. That that apparently is a quote from one <laughs> Debbie Mann. <laughs> you're on Twitter, right? I am at 46 Sports. Oh, we're going to have all kinds of high school football previews for you there. Sports Yak with two Ks. I'm on Twitter as well. My name is Corey, C-O-R-E-Y. Until next time, Yak fans. Oogalooga, C.M. Newton. Should we call you Fig? We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. Sports Yak is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.